I had a dream last night. Good morning, this is Daniel Cantu. I am actually calling because I grew up in Riverside, California, where, unbeknownst to us at the time in the 60s, the place that I had grown up in was part of a camp that the soldiers would be received and also shipped off to Europe during World War II. After the war... All the barracks were sold off and converted into homes. To think that we were strangers a couple of nights ago. And though it's a dream, I never dreamed she'd ever say hello. We used to play across the street in the foundations of a an old theater that had burned down, obviously, years before. Little did I know until years later that that same theater that we had played in the foundation of was host to all these celebrities like Bob Hope and all these radio celebrities that would come and broadcast from that camp. Yes, sir, after they sit through our show, they can take anything. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and amazing places. And today, we're calling Daniel back. We're going to talk to him about the joy of playing in ruins, about childhood, about raising kids with a sense of wild freedom. And together, we'll explore the ruins of Camp Anza. That's after this. If you're looking for a place where the wide-open skies and the towering mountains inspire you to find an untapped part of yourself. You might want to take a trip to Wyoming. It's a place where bold, curious spirits forge their own way on all types of adventures. There is no shortage of iconic, expansive landscapes out there. You can discover breathtaking hikes, stunning state parks, authentic Western culture, and other historic sites— along with the tales of famous outlaws like Butch Cassidy and pioneers like Buffalo Bill Cody. The truth lies west. Discover yours at TravelWyoming.com. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes has arrived in IMAX. What a wonderful day! This summer, one movie event will reign. It is our time. I know where they're taking your clan. Bend for your king. Never. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Hello? Hi. uh, Is this Daniel Cantu? It is Daniel, yes. This is Dylan Thuris uh, from Atlas Obscura. You called our call-in number a couple weeks ago and left us a really (laughs) lovely voicemail. I I do uh, remember that, uh, being that I do have a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) (laughs) We all do these days, don't we? Uh, (laughs) We do. I I was driving to work, and uh, my car had XM radio at the time, and I loved listening to old-time radio shows on XM radio. Again this week, Pepsodent is proud to entertain the men and women in our armed forces. And then I hear Tonight, live from Camp Anza. Camp Anza at Arlington, California, the Pepsodent Show starring 
Bob Hope. And it was a broadcast from 1942. Here's Bob Hope. How do you do? It was pretty. It was pretty amazing because it, it came to life. The whole area just came to life in terms of what it was originally. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob broadcasting from Camp Anz at Riverside, California. Home. When you heard that recording, did you immediately realize that they were? It was coming from the theater that you had played in as a kid. Yes, absolutely. It feels really dreamy. I mean, was it a, was it? It's almost surreal. What was did, did it? It was serendipity. But I must explain this camp answer. When the guys leave their training camps, they accentuate the positive. When they get overseas, they minimize the negative. And this is the mess in between. And get this. We didn't know the history of the house until my Uncle Jack. He had lost his leg during the war, uh, so he had a wooden leg. And, of course, you know, as seven-year-old kids, you're always going going after him and knocking on his leg. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, uh, it was one visit. Uncle Jack walks into the house, and he says, Oh, this place looks familiar. I was stationed here during the war. And we're looking at him like, what? He and other officers were housed in the house that we lived in. And then he started to proceed to tell us what the location was. Here we knew a little bit about the war at that age. You know, we were learning in school, but it was, to us, it was history. And to him, it was just, it was memories. It was, wow, here we are, back in the, the same space location that I experienced. Yes, sir. My dreams are getting better all the time. Dreams, man, I can't even keep warm here at Camp Anthony. I'm six feet two and my blankets are five feet eight. But you got a dream in this here army, brother. It's the only bit of private life you get. As kids, we all kind of put it out of our mind. Uh, it went in played in the buildings that had been abandoned. Some of them, the buildings were gone. And in, in one particular case, there was a theater there that had burned down. And all that was left was this inclining foundation that would go all the way down to, the, to where the stage was. And uh, it would fill up with water during the rainy season. And of course, that was our playground and our lake and you know all of the above. But we ended up finding old conveyor belts that were metal. And, of course, they, they worked perfectly on the slope of the, of the theater foundation. So, of course, we'd sit on top of it with a board or something. And there would be three or four of us kids, like, literally bobsledding down <laughs> the slope of this uh, theater. And, and, of course, it was a lot of fun and very dangerous, I'm sure. <laughs> This car runs pretty bumpy. That's funny. I just had the rims retreaded. <laughs> well, gee, you talk like this was a free car, Shirley. It's just like the ones all the other kids in school have. See, it's got four wheels, three on the right side and one on the left. <laughs> this is a this is a real gener- generational thing, but, like, uh-huh. why do you think your parents let you play in the ruins? <laughs> well, for the most part, they didn't know where we were. They just knew that we were out playing somewhere. <laughs> you know, parents in that at that time, they just let the kids go and play until they come back a sweaty mess, you know? It just was the way it was. There was no, you know, oh, God, where's where's my kid? And who's 
they might get kidnapped or whatever. No, there was none of that. Uh, Yes, totally. I think people don't have any idea just like how differently kids were raised not that long ago. Um, And in some ways, I I feel I aspire to raise my own children with that same kind of attitude. I think it can be what a free what a free way to grow up, you know. And you want to see the lines outside of the telephone booth. One fellow wanted to call his bride. He just married New York City. And by the time he got to the phone, his son was standing in line behind him. I really came to the conclusion, the thing that draws me to the, the past is the fact that we, we still live in the past. We are in the present simply because the calendar says we're in the present. Whatever is inspiring us is always, it's always going to come from the, where we were. What do we owe the past? Oh, wow. I think the, uh, first of all, honoring is, honoring the past is what we owe it. Um, but also giving... <laughs> so, I'm going to interrupt you because I have a small child here who's... <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course. Do you want to say hi, Jeannie? Hi. <laughs> Hi, sweetheart. So here's my own, How are my own you? small creature I'm attempting to, to raise in a... Oh. It's ice cream. Ice cream. How old are you, Judy? How old are you? Three. Yeah. <laughs> That's a very flourished three. <laughs> it absolutely is. Um, anyway, sorry. Go on. She's just going to hang out with me here for a second. Go on. You were saying what we owe. You were giving a very eloquent answer to what we owe past people or to the past. Every family has a past, and that past is playing a role in their existence today and in their their future. And I think that remembering what came before us and how it became what we are today, it's the most important thing. Each week, thousands of American boys are finishing their training at stations in the United States and it's so long American, the next thing you know, they're out there digging foxholes, bulldozing a captured airstrip, or calling signals on a team of tanks. And as long as fellas like these have their jobs cut out for them, we like to feel that ours is cut out for us, too. Good night. Well, Daniel, this was a, a wonderful chance to talk and hear about your childhood, and I just, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, me, Dylan Thuris, Sarah Wyman, John Delore, and Peter Clowney. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by John Delore. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Decoder Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Decoder Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Decodering, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by the New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. 
At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radiolab, adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.